0: As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. I made myself holy on their behalf so that they also would be made holy in the truth. I'm not praying only for them, but also for those who believe in me because of their word. I pray they will be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. I pray that they also will be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me so that they can be one just as we are one. I'm in them and you are in me so that they will be made perfectly one. Then the world will know that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you have loved me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated.
1: So, how many of you watched the debates Monday night? Yeah, a lot of you did. As I've read, between 80 and 84 million people watched the debates. Matter of fact, I heard that Monday night football had the lowest rating they've ever had because of that. It tells you the interest that was there. Now, what I found interesting after watching the debate, and it was clear in my mind who won the debate. Was it in yours? But, you know, I watched the political commentary afterwards, and it's amazing how the political pundits, people that were asked first person what they thought, there were many who said Donald Trump definitely won that debate. He was the more real person. And then on the other hand, there were those that said Hillary Clinton won that debate. It amazes me how people can look at the same reality and see such different things, shows that the divide that's there in our country is very real. Matter of fact, it's really hard these days, I think, to even be an independent thinker. I've gotten so I've become a news channel flipper. Anybody else have to do that? You know, I, I, I don't look I don't trust any one source. It's like they've all for the search for ratings have chosen up sides and that's who they seem to support at least the news that you watch. So I just kind of go back and forth, hoping to get a better balance so I can think my own thinking on all that. But it's not just there. We could also talk about the Black Lives Matter issues. Boy, doesn't it trouble you to see the violence that's rising up in our country more and more? It reminds me of the 60s and the civil rights movement. It's amazing how when a police shooting happens, you have those that very... Uh, quickly before all the facts are in, have already decided who is wrong. And at the same time, those of us who have never experienced what it's like to be a minority and have experienced racism, we really don't know what it's like for someone who's had that experience. It's amazing how people see reality so differently. In the midst of all that division, I think World Communion Sunday has a message for us. It's got something we can hear and need to hear calls us to a unity that is got a message for this divided world. I don't know if you know much about World Communion Sunday. It's been around. It's, it's a rather recent church holiday, but it's gotten pretty well established. It started in 1936 in the Presbyterian Church, and then it was adopted by the Federal Council of Churches, which is now the National Council of Churches, in 1940. And it's become fairly rooted in all, especially mainline denominations, not just here in the United States, but in countries throughout the world. And how interesting, how fun it is that not just here, but in different languages, different countries, different cultures, the message of Christ is spoken so well and that we will have this in common, the sharing of this blessed sacrament on this day. And it unites us and it bonds us in a special way. Now, I want you to know that Jesus is not got any illusions. In this prayer that we heard from Pastor Dick today in 17th chapter, John, the whole 17th chapter is known as the Jesus prayer. And he prays for their unity. But Jesus knows that just by saying these words is not going to just make that happen. But those words point to a greater reality. I love verse 22. Jesus says, Lord, I give them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. And that is rooted in what Christ has done. It's rooted in this sacrament. It starts with a meal and it continues with a meal because it reminds us that Christ gave his life on our behalf. And that is a reality no matter what kind of divisions we may have, even among ourselves. Do we always have to get along in order to be united? Do we always have to agree with each other, lest we constantly have that unity visibly? Regardless, it is a reality. Whether you like it or not, you are bonded with one another. We're kind of family like that. Let let me share a story that I think helps kind of drive that home. I grew up in a very uh, non-affectionate family. We didn't hug, we didn't kiss a whole lot. So that's something I've had to kind of develop and learn. And I try even as as a pastor to be that huggable pastor without crossing inappropriate boundaries, of course. But it's not easy for me. It's not natural. So then I married Nancy. And Nancy wanted to establish this ritual in our family that whenever we come together, whenever we greet each other, first thing, whether we have come home from work, and whenever we depart, we've got to kiss each other, okay? I thought that was a pretty good idea, but, you know, at first it took a while to get used to that. It wasn't a habit I had, and so Nancy would kind of give me that silent scolding when i have forgotten to do that. Have you ever done that to somebody? But I've got it pretty well established. I'm pretty good about it, and, you know, I enjoy it most of the time. Every once in a while, though, you know, don't tell anybody, we have arguments sometimes. Has that that ever happened to you? And then we got this ritual, and it just drives me nuts when we've had an argument, and then it's time for me to go off to work or come to a meeting, and I've got to kiss her before I leave. (laughs) But, you know, I've learned to kind of appreciate it. Because even though I kind of begrudgingly go, and believe me, I'm going to go because I'm not going to be chicken. But as I approach her, I realize there's this message back in my head. You know, it's going to be all right, Jerry. We will work this out. We always work it out. We love each other, and we'll make sure we do. And so that little ritual seals that bond. And I want you to hear that because I believe that's what this does for us. Whenever we do this, especially whether it's once a month or every Sunday, it unites us and tells us that we are bonded to one another, whether we like it or not. We are family. And that's true with Christians across the world, but it's also even true right here. So let me shift gears just a little bit. See, I've done World Communion Sunday many, many times. And I've done it lots of different ways. We've done the liturgy in different languages to hear that, to remind us of our our unity. Last year we took bread from different countries to remind us that we are united but the thought hit me that it's one thing to be united symbolically with Christians across the world but what good is it if we are not in communion with one another here? What good is it if we don't hardly talk to each other but then we claim we're one in Christ? So I thought we ought to do something about that. Matter of fact, I heard on a political podcast on Friday, this was pretty interesting. They're talking about the political divide that we have, especially in Congress. And they pointed out really, Congress is just reflecting what's going on in our society right now. And they said, part of the reason is that we've allowed ourselves to get so insulated from one another. We make sure that we move to places where people are like us. We we gather our circle of friends with people who think like us. We watch news programs where they say what we want to hear. And and this is well, something they said. Remember, this isn't a Christian podcast. This is a political podcast. And they said, and we don't go to church like we used to, where we talk to one another and hear varying viewpoints. And I thought, wow, it's so true. Because even though we may come to church here so often, we're too busy to not sit and talk to one another who might be a little different from one another. It's a good commercial for the wired word, isn't it? <laughs> chance to come together and hear varying viewpoints and say, hey, we're one. I need to respect that viewpoint and think how that might apply to my life. So I want to give us a few things to think about regarding this unity, especially as we welcome strangers, but also with the communion we'd like to have with one another. And the first thought comes from Jim Osier. Now, I don't know if you've noticed these parking signs we have outside. I don't know how much you pay attention to them. But you'll notice that they say something very carefully. Notice that they don't say first-time visitor parking. We were very intentional in the language that we chose. We wanted first-time guest parking. Matter of fact, let me explain. Jim Osier explains this very well. Jim Osier came and did our uh, Fruitful Congregation Journey workshop. And he's even got a YouTube that he talks about this. And he says, think about the difference between a visitor and a guest. A visitor is somebody that you have worked all day, you come home, you throw on some more comfortable clothes, you throw some dinner together, you sit down, you read a book or you watch TV, and someone knocks at the door. And what's your first thought? Who is that? They're interrupting your routine. It might be, some neighborhood kids selling something door to door. It might be a couple of Jehovah's Witnesses sharing some religious truth with you. Or hopefully at best it will be your neighbor just wanting to borrow a tool. But still, you perceive it as an interruption. That's what a visitor is. <clears throat> but a guest is a little different, isn't it? A guest you actually invite to your home. Of course, you all do invite people to church, right? Yeah. And You have taken time to get the house clean. You have gone to the grocery store and got the food that you want to prepare a nice meal. You've got the front door open in anticipation of them coming. And you welcome them warmly. And you hope that that will be, this time together will be a strengthening of the relationship. So the question to you is, do we treat especially new people as a guest or as a visitor? Hopefully as a guest. Second thought. I hope that you were able to pick up one of these from one of the ushers. Everybody get one of these. 510 link. This is another Jim Osher idea, actually. Very simple rule. And especially for this service, it's extremely helpful because this this service is large enough you can't know everybody. You can't see everybody. You can't say hi to everybody. So what are you typically going to do on a Sunday morning because you're a human being? And this is what human beings do. We go find our friends to make sure we say hello because this is our chance of fellowship with them. The trouble is there are some people, especially that are new, that don't have that connection yet, and so they come and they go. So here's just three simple rules to keep in mind. Five, five minutes before the service and five minutes after, you refrain from talking to your friends and go find somebody you don't know well. And don't worry whether they are new or not, and you're afraid of embarrassing yourself because maybe you should know them, but you don't. Just go up and say, I don't think I've gotten your name down yet. I'm so-and-so, and take that name down and pay attention. When they say it, at least get some of that down. Ten. Ten is, since you can't be everywhere at once, just take responsibility for that ten feet around you. If someone that you don't know comes through that space, whatever conversation you're in right now, pause it, and reach out to them and say, hey, I am so-and-so. If it seems appropriate, invite them into the conversation. Last thing is link. Listen to what they say. Find out a few facts, and if they say something that can connect them with someone else so they have another relationship that begins, whether they go to Michigan State or they happen to be from so-and-so, make that connection so that they can begin to form those connections. That will help strengthen communion of our fellowship and then the last thing to leave with you today we are taking pictures every Sunday in October we're trying to make it convenient and easy for you because we've discovered something we are moving to a new database called the square it comes from a company called church community builder and that name shares the purpose it's to help build community especially in large churches And so we've already taken the pictures that are in our picture directory and linked them to the members that we have, but we've discovered something. We found that we have only about 30% of our congregation with a picture that links us. So let me tell you what that's like for me as a pastor who's been here only a year, and I'm trying to get to know you and be able to help build what we want to build here. And so let's say... Every day we have Tina Boehm does this great job putting out our prayer list. And I see somebody with a need or something that needs prayed for, and I want to pray for them, but I haven't gotten that name down yet. I don't connect that name yet with a face. So I go to our database and I look up the name, and this is typically what I see. (laughs) It's hard to pray for that, (laughs) you know? It's so much nicer if I had a face that comes a person, especially if I've been around them, I may already know them, and I don't know it yet. Or let's say that, um, just like today, we were getting some volunteers to help take pictures and people to help register people, and so I asked for the staff, give me a list of names you think that could do that for each service, and so I took names down, and I went to look them up, and this is what I see. It makes it hard. Or we've had people who've been coming here a while, they may not even be members yet, but they've... I've talked to them. I've had a conversation. I learned they might be want to be a part of this Bible study or would like to be in this ministry or maybe they'd like to help with this ministry. And so I share that name with a staff, and they go to our database, and they find that. So let me tell you how this thing will work because it will become, when we're ready to launch it, we don't want to launch it with only 30% of our membership with a picture. Let's say it's 60 or 70% then you're going to have this conversation with somebody that you didn't know very well. And you're going to talk long enough that you're going to go home and you will have forgotten their last name. Hopefully you remember their first name or at least the letter that it started with. If you're like me, that's what you do because we're so worried about how we look and come across, we tend to not really listen. But if you grasp anything at all, you'll be able to go to your smartphone or you can go home and get on your computer and you'll log in with your password and you're going to look up Jerry, and you'll see this, and you oh, it wasn't Jerry Bart. That was that was Jerry Davis. And if there's a picture there, then you're going to help remember that name. And next Sunday when you go see them, you're going to feel more confident talking to them because you know their first and last name, and you'll even have the ability to introduce them to someone else without feeling embarrassed. Now that's a tool that can help warm up our fellowship, that can strengthen our communion with one another. So while we celebrate that we're with Christians all over the world, sharing the common bond that we have through Jesus Christ, let's make sure it happens here first so that people will know, as the scripture says, the love of God, so people know. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence. And as we prepare to celebrate this sacrament of Holy Communion, may we know that none of us are worthy but you have given of yourself to pull us together as well as to make us one with you. May everyone experience that today and feel that common bond that strengthens all of us, that makes our world a better place because we walk together instead of so separately. Bless this cup and this bread in the name of Christ, who is our Lord. Amen.